then that's a good day because this is what I have to do for now. It's not going to be forever. And I think that's probably what got me through is this isn't going to be forever. This is just for now. And we can slowly work on getting it to where I want it to be. Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Sarah Belanger, the host of the Awkward Mom podcast, about her life now with a newborn and toddler at home. Before this episode begins, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And I also want to talk about a couple of events we have coming up, one starting April 1st. This event is for mamas who are either currently trying to conceive, are pregnant, or in the early postpartum stage and may have some trauma in their life that they're looking to release. We go through 30 ways and 30 days of how to heal your trauma. You'll get a workbook and you'll listen to the daily mini episodes of the podcast that correspond to this a unique experience. I hope that you know that you are not alone in this and that you deserve this time to heal. The other event we have coming up is the first ever Entering Motherhood Festival, and it is happening on May 15th, 2022, right here in the Greenville area. If you want more information on this, please go to the Entering Motherhood website or feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And with that, let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so excited to have you here with our babies right beside us. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Well, hello. Um, I'm Sarah Belanger, and uh, I am the host of the Awkward Mom podcast. I have a three-year-old son and a one-year-old, a one-year-old, one-month-old daughter. And yeah, I don't really know where to go from there. <laughs> That's who I am. <laughs> yeah. So we were just talking about, you know, before I started recording that I think it's so awesome that we both have toddlers. We're both on that stage. We also both have newborns. Isaac is two months and you have a one month old and we also are moms that podcast. So I think it's really unique. And we're both named Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really cool to like find somebody that you have so many things in common with. And I really just wanted that to kind of be the driving force of this conversation and really just give an insight on what our life is like right now with so many things going on. Yes. I don't know about your life, but my life has definitely switched around a lot with the addition of the baby. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about your podcast and what really led you to start podcasting and what that journey has been like and everything like that. My podcast, The Awkward Mom, is basically just like a collection of real life mom stories Nothing like scientific, nothing trying to like change your mind or anything, 
but just moms coming on right now it's mostly just been me but moms coming on and just telling their story telling any story that they want about motherhood kind of as a way to help other moms know that they're not alone in this struggle and if you've gone through something it's it's very likely that there's another mom who's gone through something very similar and knowing that you're not alone in these situations i feel like it helps get you through that situation cuz i know when i had my son my 3 year old i went through a lot of isolation because i felt like no one understood what i was going through I was a, it was my first time being a mom, my first time ever dealing with babies, really. And even though like all of my friends and my family all had babies, I just felt so isolated and I didn't want anyone to have to feel like what I felt. So I was like, I think I should just share my stories so other moms know that they're not alone in this and there's someone out there who can probably help them or at least make them feel less alone. Because being alone sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, my journey was very similar. I was kind of six months postpartum, really just feeling like what in the world is going on and like, how can I get to the bottom of this? I've always been really, really curious and really just trying to, you know, search for the answers and there has to be a solution to this. And you know, my mind was just racing like that. This can't be how other moms are feeling. And if they are feeling like this, then something needs to be done about it. And so that's why I was so like adamant on wanting to share my story and reach out to other moms and find out their stories and really just see, you know, what's going on here? Like what conversations can we have and where can we learn from what's going on and what we're thinking and how we're feeling? And so that's really what my journey has been like. And I mean, that's how I found you and came in contact with you. I think the moms that podcast and that community is really starting to develop and grow. And women in general are underrepresented in the podcast community as it is. And so for that population to pinpoint moms who podcast, I think that's like even smaller of a population, but it's needed. I think, you know, thinking like how many times like right now can you dedicate to like holding something to watch a video or something, but like how easy it is to pop in a head, like pair of headphones and just be able to listen to something and to like feel connected. And I think that's where I've always enjoyed podcasts. Like you can put it on in the car. You can put it on while you're folding laundry. You can put it on while you're nursing your baby. There's so many situations that you can just listen in on a podcast and get that connection to somebody, to a group of people, to just feel like you're having a conversation with somebody and you're not so isolated, but you don't have to engage in that conversation. Yes, exactly. And it makes it like I know there's this whole thing coming out as video podcasts, but the just the audio ones makes it easy, I feel like, because if you if you have a toddler like my son who likes to grab your phone and just walk away because you have a video going, then he, he they don't even know that you have something going on your phone because it's not a video. It's just audio and it's it's fantastic. It makes it so much easier to get through the day. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. My and yeah, my toddler too. She's like, no, on mommy's phone. And I'm like, well, what about the TV or your tablet that we got you? Like, you know, like you have so many other things. And she's like, no, mommy's phone. And you know, toddlers, like they're just so adamant on what they want. And it's just, you know, sometimes you gotta give in, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially with a newborn, you know, like I'm over here yes. nursing him sometimes and she's like mommy come out and play with me and like you don't want to be like I can't because your brother like you don't want to like put the blame on them or anything yeah it's hard I find myself trying not to say I can't because of the baby but then I'm like well I can't because of the baby I, I, I love the baby I'm like what am I supposed to tell you like so sometimes I try to rephrase it like in five minutes when I'm done when I'm done feeding I'll come out and I try to give give him like a time frame I guess not that he time frame works for him but just knowing that it will happen just not this very second yeah it has been a little bit helpful (laughs) yeah what other things have you noticed kind of you know having a newborn and a toddler and what that transition's been like I it's kind of hard to say because I honestly thought it was going to be like a lot harder I mean I had really bad postpartum depression and anxiety the first time and so far, knock on wood, I don't have it. So it's already easier just because my mental health is a lot healthier. So I was expecting to be like falling my eyes out and struggling with a transition from one to two. But it's been pretty easy. And I think it's because I've gone through having a newborn before. So I kind of know what to expect. And I mean, my son wasn't the easiest baby. He had really bad reflux, so he screamed all day, every day, basically. So it was almost like he had colic, but like not that bad, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the things that I thought were going to be more difficult haven't been like I thought you know like juggling two kids and just like working around like bedtime and schedules and things like that I thought that was going to be the difficult part and I think just like handling the emotions of a toddler while also trying to care for a newborn has been harder than I would have imagined because like you said like we've gone through this before yeah sure we've had a newborn but we've never had a newborn and a toddler I mean the first week of recovering and just like trying to stay in bed it was hard for her to really just like understand like mommy's gonna sleep in mommy's gonna stay with the baby she's not coming downstairs and like you know playing and going outside and I think that was just like difficult for her to hear. Yeah, I didn't really have that that transition because <laughs> the day home from the hospital, I'm alone with the kids. So like I have no help for 12 hours a day. And since she was three days old, I, I haven't had help. So I couldn't be like, oh, mom's going to stay in bed because I didn't stay in bed. Uh, <laughs> and. I kind of just had to make things happen. So like we we don't go out as outside as much as we used to, but it's also like winter. So <laughs> I don't I don't like going outside in winter. And there's not much to do anyways. I feel like 
around here at least. I was going to say, so one, like what has that been like three days postpartum and you're with two kids, like all by yourself all day long. What has that been like? It's been hard. I won't lie because on top of the kids, like you said, we're, we're still recovering ourselves. So that was, I feel like the recovery was the hardest part, honestly, because for whatever reason, the first two or three days home from the hospital, I couldn't figure out when I was supposed to take my pain medication. So I'd end up calling my fiance and just saying, do you remember when I took this? Because I don't remember. I'm busy dealing with the baby and I'm busy dealing with my son's tantrum. I don't remember when I'm supposed to take my Tylenol. I'm shaking over here because I don't even remember the last time I had a drink of water. I don't remember these things. I need some type of help. So he started setting timers on his phone and he would either text me or call me and be like, hey, you need to take your Tylenol or you need to take your Motrin or whatever. Or you need to drink some water. <laughs> yes. I have gotten a lot better at drinking my water, which has, I feel like, been a really big change because I've never used to be very good about drinking water. But ever since I got pregnant with her, I've been like drinking like a fish. And I think it's been very helpful at keeping like my mood up. I find when I don't drink my water, I'm more grumpy. Yeah. What other things have you found to kind of help with that? Or, or what things have you been doing to kind of help yourself recover and look after yourself in the midst of all of this? <laughs> I have dropped my expectations of what a good day should look like. So I was, I feel like any mom, you, you go into motherhood going, oh, I'm not going to be the mom who has my kid watch TV all day. There were days after she was born, I want to say like the first at least two weeks, my son watched TV almost the entire day because I was like, I got to figure this out and I'm still recovering and I need to take naps. And not that I really took naps, but I ended up dropping my expectation of what a good mom day is supposed to look like and just say, well, this is what the day is going to look like as long as my children are fed taken care of, are cleaned up, then that's a good day because this is what I have to do for now. It's not going to be forever. And I think that's probably what got me through is this isn't going to be forever. This is just for now. And we can slowly work on getting it to where I want it to be. But right now, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a very common thing that some of us really need to understand. And it is hard that whole saying, you know, this is just a season, this will pass and understanding we have to do these things for just these short amount of time. And then we will be able to get back to quote unquote, a normal schedule or like we will be able to go without having to put our toddler in front of the TV for hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But like we can take that time to have those situations now. Like you were saying too, like the before you became a mom, like I like to be like, I apologize for the things that I said before I became a mom. All the things that I said like, oh, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. Even like from one kid to two kids with our first Rosie, it was like, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. And like we stayed pretty consistent with it. 
a binky drops on the ground now. I look at it, make sure there's not like major clumps of dirt and hair from the dogs. And I'm like, it's good. If a binky dropped with our firstborn, I was like, sterilize it. Like wash it immediately. <laughs> like we need to handle this. Like it can't go in her mouth. It's so crazy. Like when they say like the, you know, the commercials or anything that's like first time mom and then like second time mom. I really get it now. I, I feel like, okay, all right. Like, yeah, yes. things shift when it's the second time around. I completely agree because I know, <laughs> I know like with the binky thing, I've, I'm the same way. I'm like, well, if it's not covered in dog hair, I think it's okay to give it to her. And then we were doing tummy time last night and I had her on the floor, like carpeted floor. And my fiance's like, this floor is disgusting. There's dog hair everywhere. I was like, as long as she's not choking on the dog hair, it's fine. But if it was my firstborn, I'd be like, oh my gosh, put down like another blanket that's clean. He can't be on a dirty floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the same exact thing was like going on with us the other day. Like before it was like always like a fresh new blanket, how to like fluff it out and like make sure it was like all clean and stuff. And like nobody could like step on the blanket. And now it's just kind of like plop them down like wherever he wants to go. And all right, yeah, you work here. Like... Yep. <laughs> it's just like such a different um, shift. And like, like, I feel like it's helped the anxiety and stuff too, because with my first, I think a lot of my anxiety was driven from, I need to protect her and I need to keep her safe. And we all need to, you know, wash your hands and watch where she's going and, and things like that. And now I think a lot of that initial first-time mom anxiety has been able to kind of be lifted because, yeah, we've been there before. We've done that before. I kind of know what to expect a little bit more. Yep. It's like when you're a first-time mom, you feel like your baby is super fragile. And, like, they are to an extent, but then when you're, like, a second time or other times, mom, you're like, oh, well, this is not going to kill them or hurt them. So it's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even like that just like made me remember like thinking back into college, we knew this family that had, I think at the time, maybe like six kids. And so like they had just had the baby and we were all kind of like holding him and passing around. And the dad's like, he's not like going to break. Like you can like really kind of pass him around and you know and he was just kind of like swinging them and holding them <laughs> up and we were like terrified because like none of us had had kids and we're like I can't believe you're doing that with your baby but like yeah I mean they're not as they they are fragile but like they're not as fragile as we think and I think now with like a toddler running around I do have to watch I mean she loves him and is obsessed with him but she you know gets close to jumping on him or she lays on top of him to give him hugs and their heads bonk together and she's like she doesn't understand suffocating him or like <laughs> being the fact that she's like too heavy to lay on top of him because she lays on top of us to cuddle so why can't she lay on top of baby brother to cuddle you know I think it's just like reintroducing her to yes he looks like a baby doll but he's not a baby doll and like we have to be more gentle with him than we are with mommy and daddy 
So, you know, adjusting to all that, like we've had our dog who we had to like keep, you know, safe around with our firstborn, but like now to have her, that's a, that's a new obstacle that we didn't have initially. Yes. Having dogs and babies is, I feel like a huge challenge. And I feel like with every kid, the dog is different. So with, with my son, my dog hated him. She would not even be in the same room at all. She'd like, we'd walk into the room holding the baby. She would get up and leave. She could just not stand to be in the room. This time around, she will not leave the baby's side. Like even right now, she's five feet away from me watching me because I have the baby. <laughs> so like she's like now she's a huge like protector of the baby. So now I have to be more like aware of where do I put the baby down because she comes over and she licks her face and she tries to like nudge her around and she just wants to like play and protect the baby. But I'm like, this is completely different than the first time around. This is a now a new not really a challenge, but just a new situation that I have to keep my eye out on. Yeah. Our other dog, who we didn't have with our firstborn when she was a little baby, um, almost sat on our newborn. <laughs> he jumped up on the couch and he was getting all comfy. And he was literally like inches away from just plopping down and sitting on his head. And I scooped in. <laughs> I, I had to put my hand under his butt. And I mean, he's a bigger dog. Like... <laughs> I don't know how much he weighs, but like, you know, at least like I would say 50 pounds, but like I just had to like put my hand under his butt and like push him and <laughs> scooch him away. I was like, come on, man. Like you can't sit. And he has sat on his binky so many times and I'm like, all right, maybe that we need to wash. <laughs> maybe that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just, you know, it's so crazy, like, the shift in the dynamic and really just being in, like, this phase of life right now and navigating all of it. Yes, it's it's really exciting and then, like, not terrifying, but, I don't know, it's just really exciting to see all of the changes and then hard at the same time to deal with, like, all of the changes. <laughs> yeah. So did you do any preparation before your girl came in terms of the podcast or like how is that going now? How has it shifted? What did you think it was going to look like compared to how it is looking? So I started my podcast, started recording everything when I was six months pregnant with her and I launched it when I was nine months pregnant. So I recorded, I want to say, seven or eight episodes, and I had them all ready. So whenever I did go and give birth, I could just schedule them out. Well, then I feel like somehow I got sidetracked, and those episodes weren't all edited. <laughs> I had maybe like four of them edited and ready to go. So... I now have to go back and edit the episodes, but I did have a few of them ready to go. So it gave me like a good month or two with not having to record and not having to edit. So it's kind of like giving myself a little maternity leave, <laughs> but 
I used to record during nap time because my son would take like an hour and a half nap in the middle of the day. And I always seemed to have energy right after lunch. It's probably because I ate. But now I can't do that because for whatever reason, I cannot get them on the same nap schedule. It's just one one nap a day and I can't even do it. (laughs) So I talked to my fiance uh, over the weekend and we decided that Sundays will be my recording day. And then I'll just edit for like every day for like a half hour a day. I'll probably have to plot my son in front of the TV, but it's just for like a half hour. So we're both okay with that. And it'll be different, but at least it'll still happen. And I feel like it'll probably be a better way to record because before I was kind of always like on the edge, not really sure if my son was going to wake up or not. And this time around, my fiance will have the kids, so I won't even have to worry about them. So that'll be a nice way to just kind of relax more while recording. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think what's really awesome about the podcast community, at least like what I've been finding out is, you know, if you do miss an episode or like things go off or, you know, you like you only have time to do like a short, quick episode or something like that, they're real forgiving and like really like okay with it because like they understand like a lot of the times we're all doing this by ourselves. We don't have this huge production team. We don't have people like, you know, making sure that we're staying on track or editing our episodes. Like we are the ones, you know, sitting down, recording, editing, getting everything out and together. And I think, you know, that's what makes it real raw and organic and really personable. And like, that's what I've always like enjoyed about podcasts too. And like, most of the time, you know, people are jumping in when you're already a few episodes in. So like, they are on episode one, and and you're still like, way ahead of them, like pumping out episodes anyway. So there's a lot of content there and things for people to catch up on. And I've just really enjoyed doing it yes sneezing and making noises (laughs) we're just gonna have so many little coos and burps and it's real life though I know I know (laughs) like this is us like one and two months postpartum yep (laughs) and still making it happen right yeah and like I mean I do it because like I enjoy it so much and I feel like it's like same for you like to have that time on Sunday that you're gonna be able to dedicate to just recording and really just like touching base with the podcast. I think that's so important. Like, you know, not every mom has to like start a podcast. If you want to, I say go for it, but at least like have a hobby, have a passion, have something to say is your own an outlet. Even if you're just journaling for a half an hour, one day a week by yourself, you know, I think having that thing to call your own that, Yes, we talk about being mothers and we talk about our kids sometimes and things like that. But essentially, you know, this is something that's like uniquely us and and we get to have that creative outlet to share with other people. Yes, I think it's super important to have something that's like you can call your own. Because I know with my first, for the first like year, I had nothing that was like my own. I devoted myself solely to whatever he needed. And 
I was just not happy. Like, I loved being a mom, but I was, like, not happy about not having something that was just mine. I I felt so, I don't want to say, like, resentful towards, like, my fiancé, but almost resentful because he still had hobbies and everything, and he still went out with, like, his friends and his stuff. But, like, if I went out with my friends, I had to take my son because, I mean, my fiancé also works seven days a week, so... Whenever I went out with my friends, he was still at work. Whenever he went out with his friends, I was home. So <laughs> I always had the kid. But when I found something that was for me, I just felt so much better. I think when my son turned one, I turned to writing. I used to be really into writing like years ago. And I started to slowly get back into it. And then when I got pregnant with her, I turned to podcasting I don't know why honestly it just seemed something like like it would be fun and then it's just been like really fun and really like inspiring it's been keeping me in a great mood it's almost like going to therapy every day it's nice to be able to talk about things and just like get it off your chest yeah I've always liked having conversations with people and talking with people. And so to be able to kind of like compile it like this. And I also have a terrible memory. <laughs> so I think like this has been like super helpful and useful for me because like I can even go back to my episodes and like relive a conversation that I had with somebody or I can be like, oh, what did they say about this and that and that? Like I know that I like talked about this. But to be able to, like, go back on your own conversations and really just, like, relive that moment is really awesome. And I think, yeah, like, I think, like, that's, like, what I've also been able to enjoy. And now we have I'm, – I'm putting a festival together this spring. So That's exciting. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, encompass, like, everything that the podcast has really been doing and bring it – to life and be like a real like in-person celebration almost like we're having we're having some people that have been on the podcast and some new people that I'm meeting who are going to potentially be on the podcast in the future but we're just gonna see how it goes and maybe be like an annual thing that we have to celebrate the podcast and really just I don't know that sounds awesome though I love that yeah yeah, just bring moms together because I mean, like, this is awesome. This is really cool to be able to kind of like have these conversations. And like we were saying, like, you can just put your headphones in. But I think there's something special about being in person, too, and really kind of, you know, having that community and seeing faces and having something to do and getting out of the house and really just kind of, you know, coming together and being um, there for each other. Yes. So, so I know a few times a I've time. seen people say that they have like mom retreats. I'm like, yeah. that's such a cool idea. Yeah. I was like, I've never been to one, but. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's how I felt. Like, I was like, I'm going to just have a big festival. And like, I've never done it before. So, like, <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into it and see how it goes. But I'm learning like so much just putting it together. And it's been a blast. So, I think that's kind of the next step of like where the podcast is getting to. That's awesome though. So, yeah. 
And I don't know. Do you have any kind of, I guess, advice for new moms going through it the first time? Or if you are, you know, a mom for the second time, like what things like you've kind of learned this time around or things that you made sure? I know that you were saying you know, like the postpartum depression and stuff was a lot heavier the first time. Do you feel like there's something that you did this time around differently that really helped in that? I really focused on improving my communication with my fiance. And to me, it sounds weird to like say that because we've always had great communication. We've always kind of just kind of finished each other's sentences anyways. But I could never be completely honest about what was wrong. Like I could say like, I'm frustrated, but then he'd ask why. And I wouldn't be able to tell him why, because either there was just so much stuff bottled up and I just let it bottle up and like fester, or I just literally had no idea why I was frustrated. So this time I made sure before having her to really focus on why I was getting upset about things and where those feelings were stemming from. Like maybe it wasn't that situation that was really upsetting me, but it was like the, the straw on the camel's back. And I think pinpointing where those negative feelings were coming from and being able to honestly just say it how it is. And like, this is what's happening. Like, even if it, meant I might hurt his feelings or something obviously I'm not being like rude about it but being like hey you said this and that really hurt my feelings because it made me think about this or something like that the communication has really helped because we learned that she has reflux a week or two ago and that was really hard because my son had reflux and as a first-time mom I had no idea what reflux was and that was really hard for me. And it, it sent me even further into the depression. So when I found out she had reflux, I almost had like a flashback of how bad it was with my son. And I turned to my fiance right after I got from back from the doctors. And I was like, if they need to put her on medication, she's going on medication because I cannot go down that path again. And he, and he was like, you know what? If that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do because I want you to stay healthy like this because he knew how bad it was before. So I think as any type of mom, being able to communicate how you're feeling and what you need and just be completely honest about it. Like, don't be rude about it, but just be honest because no one's going to help you unless you ask for it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And exactly like you just said at the end, like no one's going to know if you don't ask for it. And I think, you know, that's that's such a good – and sometimes it does take us a little bit of time to realize like what do we need, like what do we want. But I think deep down, if you just kind of sit with yourself, you know what you need. You just have to kind of give yourself that permission to ask for what you need. And I feel like it's it's always a pride thing. You're always <laughs> – too too proud to ask for help or too proud to be like oh this is what's wrong because that's kind of sounds silly or why am I getting upset over something so small 
hormones hormones make everything and sleep yeah. deprivation yeah so- <laughs> yeah makes yeah. it so much I'll harder ask, i'll ask you the question of are you getting any sleep <laughs> i'm getting more with her than i did with my son so oh that's good <laughs> it's still not yeah. a lot but <laughs> yeah i had somebody the other day and they were like are you sleeping and i was like you mean like at all in general like <laughs> i was like i mean i sleep but like I'm not sleeping fully through the night. Like right. I have a two month old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I think it's just like one of those things that like you kind of forget about or you can't remember like when did they sleep through the night for the first time? Like what was that schedule like? And how you were talking about naps. You're like, I'm just trying to get like one nap. Because with my daughter, we did like a morning nap and an afternoon nap. And then she like slowly transitioned to like just an afternoon nap. And I'm like, is that how it has to be? Or can they both just take a nap in the afternoon? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like trying to like pinpoint schedules and get that all like situated again. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Because also like when my son was young, he was in daycare. And she's not in daycare. So it's like, it's completely different schedule based because, I mean, I worked for like 10 hours a day when he was a newborn. So now I stay home and it's completely different for schedule wise. It's it's new. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, completely. Well, thanks so much for talking with me and really just kind of like getting in with like how we're navigating these newborns and toddlers and podcasting and everything. But if somebody wants to reach out to you or listen to your podcast, where can they find you? So my podcast is available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um and I also have the Awkward Mom Podcast a website. Um, it's theawkwardmompodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Facebook for the Awkward Mom Podcast. I'm pretty sure they're both the Awkward Mom Podcast. I try to keep it pretty simple. <laughs> the same thing all around. If you want to email me, <laughs> it's theawkwardmompodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I try to keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine's the same way. It's entering motherhood. So that's how it's how it's been and how it's staying. So <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's consistent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thanks so much. This has been a fun yeah. conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Babies and everything. Yes. <laughs> I thought she would sleep, but she didn't. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, he's just kind of like comfortably snoozing, but <laughs> it's probably going to be angry screams of hunger soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood. <laughs>